Hello, and welcome to my second podcast episode. Um, Today, I want to discuss um, the coronavirus again, and this time I want to focus more on the political aspects. Um, I think this pandemic has really shown us that public health and politics are very, very closely entangled. And I I find that so fascinating. And I also want to talk about um, different government systems and how they have dealt with this pandemic. Um, Recently, I read a story on NPR and it was talking about how very similar governments, um, administrations like the Trump administration, um, Boris Johnson, um, Vladimir Putin, and Modi in um, India, and how their government and politics are very similar, uh, all very nationalist, all, um, and they're actually very similar as men, like personality-wise, and how all these countries have really struggled with the outbreak of the pandemic. Um, It's very bad in Russia. It is very concerning in India. Um, The outbreak started a little bit later there than it did in the United States, but it could get really bad, especially since they're very crowded cities and um, huge population. Um, And then in England, it's been very bad. The prime... The uh, Boris Johnson himself actually had the pandemic, um, had had the virus. Sorry, <laughs> not the pandemic. Um, and yeah, all of these countries have very um similar systems in the sense that it is immensely divided. Um, definitely more on the conservative side. Um, I don't, I personally don't know a ton about Russian politics or British politics, to be honest, but I can comment a little bit on Indian politics, and I know that um, the Prime Minister is quite the nationalist, and I also know that he's very anti-Muslim, very divisive in the country. Um, I believe it's the BJB party i want to say uh something like that v J- jb something like that and they have i mean a lot of people really love them and a lot of people really hate them there have been quite a few very controversial laws um passed like recent um and they have stood up to pakistan a lot um and many are really supportive of that but it definitely has not been good for the small but vocal muslim minority in that country um (laughs) personally uh my family is indian and they are a big fan of the prime minister (laughs) me uh not so much but you know that's all right Makes for interesting dinner conversations, for sure. Um, And yeah, I would argue pretty similar things with the Trump administration. Very nationalist, 
very anti-minority, I would say extremely xenophobic, um, especially anti-Muslim, anti-Latino, um, very, uh, like, some of those travel bans and the whole build-the-wall thing was quite ridiculous, I think. Um, and him calling Mexicans rapists and him saying immensely rude things about some of the colored and Muslim congresswomen, uh, and it's just, <laughs> honestly, he's just the epitome of why so many people make fun of America. You know, I think a lot of Americans are really, really proud to be American, and honestly, I am as well, but it's really hard to be proud when your president is an absolute terrible person. He's a terrible person. And, you know, I uh, I was so excited. The presidential election this year, I was so pumped. Um, you know, and a little bit let down. I won't lie. I was never a big Joe guy to be honest, myself, but, um, I guess he's what we got left, so hopefully, uh, that will work out, um, I also think I've made my bias very clear in this podcast, and I think that's something important to knowledge, I am, um, I, I, I try to be independent on a lot of issues, but I would definitely say that I'm on the liberal side, um, on on most things, I would argue that I am on the liberal side, especially social issues, um, and and a lot of the issues that people are more aware of. I think um, maybe with some other economic issues, I would say I'm a little bit more conservative, but of course it depends, and um, my views change all the time, depending on what I hear. I'm only 16 so they're very much not concrete um and they've changed a lot in the last few years as I've become more educated and more interested in politics I think um that's something in our generation like most people are not interested in politics don't care for it or they just don't enjoy having those discussions and arguments like I do I will argue with you for days if you want (laughs) Um, anyway, back to the coronavirus, I just think it's really interesting how in these countries, very similar administrations, they faced a lot of problems, and I think part of that is really due to the initial response, and how all of them tried to deny it at first, and really, um, minimize the threat, uh, make it seem like it was nothing, you know, make it seem like they had it all under control, but did you really, Mr. Trump, did you really? Um, I don't think you did, because, I mean, the U.S. has the highest cases in the world, um, most deaths in the world, we're almost at 100,000, let's go team, just kidding, it's not good, um, yeah, it's, it's really not good, actually, and uh, honestly, I think it's really easy to blame the president for this, and, I mean, I would argue that it's not 100% completely his fault, but most of it is his fault, um, And I think a lot of that is just due to the fact that he is 
incompetent and that whole administration is incompetent and I think they're just not very um like solidified with their views (laughs) and it scares me a bit to be honest like I know he was talking about how social distancing measures are like too much and they're a violation of rights and and he even encouraged people to go out and protest and all of this stuff and then um the whole thing that happened in Georgia where they didn't put in social distancing guidelines and then all of this stuff was happening and he was like oh no like I never said that like he's just it really frustrates me because he will say the dumbest thing and then when confronted about it he'll just claim that he never said anything and it's just frustrating to me that we allow this racist sexist pig to be our president to be honest um and I mean, this podcast is not always going to be about hating Trump because honestly, I think that it's just not really worth it. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't like him, but what's besides the point? It's just, it's frustrating that his response led to so much unnecessary death and people still continue to support him. And why? Um, I mean, that's something that I personally really want to look into. Um, so let me know if anyone has any suggestions um, or explanations as to why people like Trump. I guess I could come up with a few theories right now, though. I, I think it's partly because he is very nationalist and he makes people feel positive about this country which like of course you want to feel positive about the country you live in um i also think it's because he's a very good liar and he just tells people that everything is fine and everything is great and i mean that's what people really want and then also i think he just exemplifies all the republican views so perfectly you know like it's it's just it's fascinating because you know i feel like a couple of years ago, before Trump became so mainstream in politics, if you asked people about, I don't know, like healthcare or climate change or anything, they would be a little bit more, they would be in agreement, you know, but because everything has become so heavily polarized and politicized, it's just... No one can agree on anything anymore, and it's it's really frustrating to me. Um, I think climate change is really where this is the worst. Um, you know, when things first. So, actually, let's let's talk about this. So, um, I I watched a documentary about this, and I just found it so immensely fascinating because it related what happened with climate change to what happened with tobacco and cigarettes and that's just i mean i i didn't get it at first but like once i did i was like holy crap um so basically um climate change was first discovered by scientists who worked for ExxonMobil biggest oil company ever um and they discovered that human involvement in the environment including like drilling for oil and 
I mean, like, more recently, fracking and all stuff like that, but they discovered that, you know, with the Industrial Revolution and all of this industrialization and factories and all of this um, globalization, um, that the climate was warming, and it was warming rapidly, like, very fast, and they, um, they published these findings, and immediately the oil company began to claim that it wasn't anything to do with humans. It wasn't at all. Um, And it was quite similar to what happened with tobacco. Um, Because, you know, everyone used to smoke. Um, In some countries, it's still really common. Like in France, everyone smokes. But um, in the U.S., everyone used to smoke. And it was so heavily advertised because these companies had so much money. So they, um, you know, they made it seem cool. Like, all these high schoolers used to smoke, and it was, like, cool. Um, And they discovered that it was causing cancer. Like, they knew. Um, But they just pretended, and they argued that it wasn't causing cancer, and they just lied about it. And people just ate it up. They just believed it. And especially because they made it a political issue. And they did the same exact thing for climate change. They made people believe that there's an opposite side to this argument. When we should all just agree that, you know, we should work to save the earth. They made it this political thing and they made it seem like there's two sides to an issue that there should not be two sides to. Like smoking tobacco, it clearly causes cancer. We know that. And it's not good for you, but they made it into this two-sided issue, even though that was the fact. And people knew that. They just chose not to believe it because they made it appear that there was two sides to an argument that and the second side just didn't exist and I think that's really fascinating because they've kind of done the same thing with COVID-19 where you know they've made it into a political issue that it should not be I mean the fact is that we should be social distancing in order to save lives and in order to not overwhelm the hospital, um, the hospitals, sorry. And, you know, but then there's these other people arguing that, oh, you know, they're like taking away rights and all of this stuff. Like, yes, okay, but that's, that's not the point. That's not the issue. And it's just, it's bizarre to me how things like this, where, the, you know, there's just simple basic facts that we should try to collectively save lives. We should try to make sure that the planet doesn't die. We should not smoke tobacco because it's killing you. And these have become big issues, or two-sided issues. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, And in both of the cases with uh, the tobacco and the, um, climate change these big companies paid hundreds of thousands of dollars into creating like fake uh, like um the oil companies created like fake parties and they used techniques that the nazis used where they started counting from 500 um the nazis used this technique to make it seem like they had more members in their party than they actually did and they started um counting from the number 500 instead of counting from one, like, normal people. And um, these tobacco companies literally did the same thing. Um, 
and their argument has changed over the years. Like now they argue that there's no human involvement to climate change. And earlier they used to argue that it just like didn't exist. Or um, sometimes you see people arguing that it's like the earth goes through natural heating and cooling. Like it's nothing special, but like that's just not true. You know, like it's just not fact. Um, And there's a surprisingly small number of people who used to believe this, but I think just the idea that, um, you know, like, as it became popularized, especially among the Republican Party, more and more people started to adopt this reality, because of course, like, of course, it makes, you know, like, of course people don't want to believe that the world is ending because of something that we did. Like, of course people want to have like that naive simple reality but it's just not true and i think that's immensely frustrating um yeah (laughs) i just it's it's something that i'm personally very passionate about climate issues and i'll definitely make another podcast episode on that i actually don't even know if any of that made sense so hopefully you guys followed i feel like i didn't do the best making that argument but besides the point um what was i talking about yes um coronavirus (laughs) um i just think it's very interesting how it becomes like so politicized in our country um but you know i guess that's expected when you have such a divisive administration and you know things were pretty divided before that i think um with the obama administration is kind of like when that first started and then it became sort of worse um you know, and it's it's just interesting to me because it it's very easy to blame the Republicans or, like, blame the other side, you know, but I think this is actually, like, their fault. <laughs> um, and I think that's because, you know, I, I actually read this statistic the other day where, um, you know, like, 70 or 80% of Democrats said that they would, like, rather, like, compromise and come to, like, a conclusion about the issue, and then almost 70 or 80% of Republicans said that, like, you should stick to your views and, like, compromise is, like, dirty, and I just hate that because I honestly think that compromise is the only way that our political system works, and it's really frustrating that people think that, And I think something that people don't really realize is that this is a new thing in American politics, being this divided over issues. And, you know, we've been divided in the past. We've been divided to the point where we had to go to civil war. But it's still never been like this, you know, especially um, in the last few decades I would argue but you know this decade has been just divided on a new level and it's really really crazy to me that that's the case um and you know 2020 is actually the start of a new decade uh something that I just realized and honestly it has not it's not been such a good start <laughs> it's been quite messy and you know been a lot of I mean, like, the second that this year started with the wildfires and, um, Kobe dying and, um, World War Three potentially 
that was that was scary. Oh my god. Um, yeah, and I also think that this coronavirus is especially scary because there's a lot of things that are going sort of unnoticed in politics, especially like I was reading the other day that um, Trump just pulled out of an armistice deal uh, with Russia, and there's there's just a lot of stuff going on that a lot of people are not exactly acknowledging at the moment because the only thing that's on anyone's mind is coronavirus and like when will this be over and it's just it's been it's been the time it's definitely been very different um and it's just it's really bizarre to me and I hope that you know this will kind of issue in a new age especially since a lot of voting in 2020 will most likely occur over the mail or um i mean honestly i think they should just develop like some kind of app or something because ugh, like can you just imagine how easy it would be if you could vote like you vote on an instagram poll like i will literally vote on people's stories who i don't even know or like don't even care about just because it's just easy and it's there and can you imagine if voting in our country was like that like if there was just like an app or some kind of website like a qr code you could scan and just like vote like you just click a button like, can you imagine how many more people from Generation Z and even Generation Y would vote? Um, and I actually see Republicans arguing about this all the time. Um, like, something that happened recently was the Wisconsin primary, the Democratic primary. And they, or it was Democratic primary and it was also some other voting for Wisconsin. I think they were voting on, like, um, state senators or something like that. And they held the election in the middle of the pandemic and it was very much not good but they essentially have a democratic governor with a republican um i think they have a one chamber house there or they have a one you know what i mean like they only have like the house or the senate i don't remember but um yeah, so it's like it's it's mostly Republican and they have a Democratic governor basically and so the governor didn't want to hold elections but the um Congress insisted essentially and it was a whole mess. And um, many of the congressmen that they interviewed essentially just straight out said like the only reason that we didn't do vote by mail or like something easier was because that allows a lot of people who normally wouldn't be able to vote uh, or wouldn't vote because it's too time-consuming or whatever to vote. And I just think that's so bizarre. Like, the fact that this party is literally not willing to change their opinions into something that people are actually wanting to vote for and would instead rather hinder people's rights you know, it's it's interesting because it's the party of, you know, freedom and rights. But I just don't think that that's really what they're fighting for here. Like, it's just, it's quite bizarre to me that that was the case. And that story is just, it's really crazy. Um, and if you're wondering, most of my, 
if you're wondering, most of my sources come from the New York Times, and I also am a big fan of um, Pod Save America, so that's usually where I'm getting this information in case anyone is curious, because um, I think that's really important. Um, there's a good chance that I could be wrong, of course, on my reporting of these stories, and I'm really not trying to be a news source of any kind. I just am talking about my opinions on the things that I hear and read. So, yeah, anyway. Um, I just think that the politics in this country is really interesting. I mean, we draw attention from all kinds of places. I know many people in Canada and even from just like across the world who are so invested in American politics because it's it's fascinating and it's crazy. Um, like the fact that, I mean, clearly it's a very weird system because no one else in the world has really copied it and done our form of government because it is messy and no one thinks that the, um, electoral college is a good idea literally no one thinks that's a good idea because it's not it's stupid um president trump did not win the popular vote and therefore he should have not been the president i understand that the electoral college existed in a time where most people did not know how to read or write but guess what most people know how to read or write in this country and i think that most people are informed enough to make their own decisions about who should be the president and the fact that we have direct election of pretty much every single other office, actually, that's a lie, but most other offices, and I think that the president should also be decided through direct election. You know, that just makes the most sense to me. Um, especially since we literally go through the effort of doing a popular vote, but like clearly it just does not matter to anyone. Um, and I think, you know, if, sure, like, okay, if the president doesn't win the pop, I I guess it's just going to be, like, a hard reform to make, but I think it should be made. Um, or, I don't know, I think at least people should be more aware of how messed up voting is in this country. And you know what really drives me insane about this country? Only, like, 40% of the population votes? Like, how bizarre is that? 40% of the population is deciding who becomes the president or, I mean, I imagine that even less of the population is deciding who takes up uh, normal offices that people haven't really heard about. And I just think that is crazy. Like, it's just, it's bizarre to me because these people are making important decisions that affect your everyday life and people are so quick to complain about the government, but they don't vote. I honestly think that you should have no right to complain if you don't vote. And I guess, I mean, I am kind of a hypocrite because I do not vote because I cannot. Um, but trust me, the minute I can vote, I will be voting. And I think that's really important. Um, especially in our generation, because there's so many people in our generation who complain about the government and I get it because the government is, not the best sometimes and but so many of them don't vote especially the younger generations just do not vote and that is bizarre to me because old people 
are deciding the way that things go in this country and that is annoying and that goes back to the whole thing of making it easier to vote i think it should be way easier to vote because i wish that more people my age were actually obviously like older than me but i just wish that there was more people voting who were younger because i feel like things would be going a lot differently if they were um and i don't know who needs to hear this or if anyone even will ever but your vote counts your vote counts like you know it might not feel like it it might just feel like it's you know just a little bit and it doesn't really matter but it does like every single vote counts you never know if your vote is gonna be the difference between getting president trump for another four years or getting joe biden and i get it both of them are just old white men um but that doesn't matter you know it just or even if you are a trump supporter like your vote could be the difference between joe biden and president trump again like it doesn't matter what your political views are uh, in this particular moment i guess it's just it's just like a bigger grosser message is like you should vote please vote please um you know, if you don't vote for me, vote for, ugh, I don't know, like, just, just vote. <laughs> um, you know, like, you have a right to do it. Not even that. You have a duty as an American to vote, so you should vote. I don't know. I think that's very important to me, personally. That's something that I'm very passionate about. And I actually plan to do some kind of thing where I encourage a lot of younger uh people like people just graduating and um to vote and i think that a lot of people should vote even in like smaller just community elections i think it's really important because you know these people are making important decisions about your life and i think that you should have a say in who gets to do that it's the whole point of this company it's the whole point of popular sovereignty it's just it's important so vote uh sorry that's a really long rant um but it, it makes me mad <laughs> people don't know anyway um yeah but i think next year is going to be quite an interesting year because we will get to see the effects of um this pandemic and it's also an election year so should be fascinating but you know the election has kind of been put on hold though so we'll see how that plays out i am taking ap gov next year so hopefully it's interesting i really want it to be interesting but we'll see i'm excited anyway i'm gonna sign off um sorry these episodes end up being such a mess i feel like there's not ever one theme for them but hopefully someone in the world finds this interesting i do so anyway signing off